Welcome to Talking Giants Player Profiles and Projections. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And we got a couple of 2019 draft picks and Dexter Lawrence, but we're going to start with Darius Slayton, who's 6'1", 190 pounds, 25 years old, who again was a 2019 fifth-round pick. Possibly the best day three Dave Gettleman pick, but that might be used against him right now because they got him a pay bump up to $2.5 million for over exceeding his draft slot, uh, draft slot as far as playing time. Slayton had started with the highest highs, and now he's down at the lowest lows. And right now, like saying like he deserves to be on this roster is, is not it's like a hot some, take. It's not something that everybody agrees with right <laughs> now, and we're going to go through it. I, I kind of want to go through the career of Slayton real quickly. 2019, he missed most of training camp in the first two games of the season, but left a huge mark as soon as he stepped on the field and was the Giants' number one wide receiver that year with 48 catches, 740 yards, and eight touchdowns in 14 games. In 2020, he was asked to be the true wide receiver one from the start and was that, but not in a good way. He had 50 catches, 751 yards, and three touchdowns, but was obviously not suited for the wide receiver one role. They add Kenny Galladay, draft Kadarius Toney in 2021, even with the less expectations, he was a total letdown. He had 26 catches, 339 yards, two touchdowns, and a 44% catch rate. He had his career worst by a good margin in receptions per game, yards per game, catch rate, yards per catch, yards per, tar- uh, per target. And probably the worst of all, he had a 10% drop rate. That is unbelievable. That's like a, a few points higher than Evan Ingram's in 2020, 10%. He had three of 13 games with zero catches. Justin, I think at, at best he is clearly wide receiver five uh, when he, when Shep is healthy, but I do think he belongs on this roster. Hot take. Well, and, and I don't <laughs> care about like that the fact that you'd save a million and a half cap with his with cutting him. I think Darius Slayton is too good to just cut flat out. Yeah. Okay. If there's a there could be there could be a trade partner. You know, uh, two weeks from now. But I also think even if he goes throughout this year, I think he might, you know, come into the comp pick formula possibly. I just think cutting him outright is short-sighted to for this yeah. year. There are some bad sound bites of me out there talking about Darius Slayton, and you know this episode may be one of them. But I feel like the more that people have started to hate him, and not just hate him, people hate. They, despise Darius Slayton. Now, I will that say is the when I have started way, to like him more. The quick, But here's the thing with that and why it's a lot of it is deserved with Slayton. Even Obviously, it goes too far. But the quickest way to a fan's hate is drops. And Slayton has yeah. bad drops. And like at the worst of times, he third catches, downs, He Washington catches that game. Washington touchdown. And he could have that 10% drop rate, which is really, really bad. But he catches that Washington touchdown and we maybe win that game man is definitely win that game <laughs> is, the, you know, like, is the season maybe not a little different and definitely the perception on Darius Slayton is is a lot different yeah and that and I think that's the thing but is, he dropped it yeah but again like I don't think you can just throw away like even was 2020 disappointing for some people yes it was but disappointing he also for led, everybody but he led the team in receiving in, yeah. in Jason Garrett's offense it was Had disappointing for everyone 
Like he 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 was a fifth round pick in his second year in a disappointing season with fifty catches, seven hundred fifty yeah. yards, and three touchdowns. And I think he was dealing with a little bit of an ankle issue after that Washington game, you know, where he had his third touchdown in you know in the in the first five games yeah, that of was the my season. Big conspiracy. You know, had like two hundred plus yard games in the first five games of the season versus Pittsburgh and then versus Dallas. Um so Again, he's been put down the depth chart, but there's also been times where he's been needed when guys were hurt and he didn't step up. So I don't want to act like uh, like last year just wasn't his fault. He was a total letdown last year. Yeah. 2021 was a total letdown, even from the expectations, you know, as a fifth round pick. Like if, if you said a fifth round pick had the numbers that he had in year three, you would say that's probably not a guy who's on the team long term. Yeah. But you can't erase the other two years and you're in a better offensive system. And I want to say something, too. Is that well? He's wide receiver five. Why you know? Why, save the cap space. He's not going to be wide receiver five in week nine. Because nope. guess what? We not have this offense. Three of the guys ahead of him have serious injuries, injury histories. Shepard, we don't even know what to expect out of him this year. Tony is is you know had six injuries last year, and Galladay's missed games almost every single year except for 2019. So he's more valuable to me than uh, all these other guys who may can. can contribute special teams wise and yes. i also think he can contribute like why can't darius slayton be on the kickoff team like, i don't i've never seen why you know he just didn't contribute on it because he was a starting wide receiver for the yeah. last three years that's the reason why i didn't contribute like if he didn't have that jump that he had like put into that role that he was put in 2019 i bet you they would have put him on special teams but guess what they didn't want their wide receiver one for two years playing special teams yeah yeah all right before uh before I talk bad about Darius Slayton a little bit, um, I'll talk good about him. And I'm going to do something that's going to make a lot of Giants fans probably very angry with me. I'm going to compare his career to Mario Manningham. And we're going to look at at Mario Manningham's per-game stats throughout his career and Darius Slayton's per-game stats throughout his career. How much do you want to get? We'll start off with Slayton. Per-game stats. How much do you want to guess how many balls he's caught per game? Slayton? Through his whole career? Yeah, like on, on average. I'd say four. Three. Okay. Three. 2.9. Mario Manningham, 3.1. Yards per game throughout his career. Mario Manningham, 42.5. Darius Slayton, 42.6. Touchdowns per game. Mario Manningham, 0.3. Darius Slayton, 0.3. Those are nearly identical to each other. Mario Manningham had a great 20, 2011 postseason. Helped us win a Super Bowl. So, yes, you know, we exalt him and we and we hold him up as he rightly deserves so. But Mario Manningham and Darius Slayton have basically had the same career. Yeah. The argument against that is that it was his best was his first year. And also, like, Manningham's career didn't really do great once he left right. NYG. And right. he was the clearly th- number wide receiver three right. on those teams. But again, like, you don't cut Mario Manningham. You know, like, right now he's wide receiver five. Like, I think. He, Honestly, you put him up against any wide receiver five in the NFL, and I think I think you'd be happy with with Slayton. Yeah. It's like, do you role. really prefer Colin Johnson over Darius Slayton? Absolutely well, look not. At, look at yourself in the mirror. I absolutely do. You do prefer not. Colin Johnson over Darius Slayton? It's like you can hate him, you can not like him, but does that really David Sills? Is that really the life that the, the life that we want to live? Let's talk about him as a player, though. Yeah. He does. He has that four three speed with a forty inch vertical that guys just don't have as a size, and that's how he has done well. His best attribute is he's very good versus press on outside releases down the field, which obviously hurt him a little bit in this uh, the last the last two years. You've seen it in camp a little bit. That wasn't used a ton, but even though he was when the ball was thrown downfield, Slayton usually was the target of that the past couple of years. Um, 
needs to be better with inside releases, which really hurt him. Like in in the past couple of years, like he just needs to be better with that release point because if it's not press and out and and inside leverage and he's getting outside, that's where he struggled. You know the nuances of route running need work. You know he he can't just you can't just be a fast guy. You know that you can't that can't be your that can't be a role to a long NFL career just being a, a fast guy. Uh, and especially when you have you know some of the drop issues because there's you know there was times where it's like hey this you know he's running a dig and he would outside release. You know, I remember even in that Washington game where he had a touchdown, was wide open for another touchdown, and there's a dig route, and he gets outside release. And I remember Kurt Warner talking about it. It's like your quarterback sees that, and you're no longer part of the play. Like, you, like you can't have an outside release on that type of stuff. So those are the the mental things that he needs to get past. Um, and also, the drops just have to stop. Like they've happened at the worst time. Like the past, you know, the rookie year they didn't see him much, but you did see him in year two despite the production and they've always just happened at the worst times you know not even just the washington one on thursday night like third like it's just been like third down drops by darius slate yeah. i've seen it we've seen it time and time again on some easy catches i don't know what it is but um he needs to work through that but again he is a guy he's good wide receiver depth he's a guy who can go up and climb the ladder and make some tough catches despite the drops you know he, he's made like he can get that step and stack guys and beat guys deep where you gotta where you gotta account for him uh and when he does get a decent release like on those slants or digs or whatever like he's, he's been a guy who's been able to catch it um uh, you know make those catches so again i think it all has to, your thoughts of darius slayton have to do with if you are your expectations the 2022 expectations or are they the 2020 expectations right, right. Or where I've gotten on Slayton in the past, and you know there was a certain point where I was really, really off on him, um, is that the last couple of years, he has been one of the worst in the NFL in yards after the catch, and he's been one of the worst in the NFL at separating. I don't love looking at wide receiver separation on a week-in, week-out basis or as, you know, to fully evaluate you as a football player, because some of the best wide receivers in the NFL are bad at separating, but they can get then they can make plays in other ways but yards after the catch i mean if if you're bad at both of those things and you and you ain't just you're not giving us anything in one of those advanced categories and Darius slayton is not this contested catch guy like you know like a kenny like a detroit lions kenny galladay was it's not a great formula but again i look at myself in the mirror and i say do i prefer him or do i prefer colin johnson do i prefer him or do i prefer cj board and I will still prefer Darius Slayton over those guys. Definitely. All right, let's get on to Dexter Lawrence. Before that, let's talk about a place that Dexter Lawrence would love to eat. Oh, yeah. Actually, remember Darius Slayton? Said, right. Remember he had a tweet saying, like, what's the best burger town in New York City? Bear Burger. Bear Burger, burger restaurant? Bear Burger. We're, so we're, we're in the we Manhattan. We need to go re- retroactively find that tweet and quote tweet it. We're in the Manhattan office uh, at John Boy Media, and there's a Bear Burger that is a half a mile away from us. A, it isn't a crazy. I think it's a ten minute drive in New York City, but we're we're not going to do that. Probably going to get it nice and delivered. Because Bear Burger, they got something for everyone. They even got something for you. Excited about Dexter. Excited to talk about Dexter Lawrence. How he looks a little bit more beefier this year. They got a lot of beef burgers. They also have, if you're vegan, if you're 100% vegan, Bear Burger, they got options for you. There's only one dietary restriction you'll be limited to, and that's food that's made to taste great. They have a happy hour that's the best in New York City, 12 p.m. to 7 p.m. Monday to Friday in New York City, where we are right now. There's a ton of locations in New York City, including Brooklyn. Where Brooklyn at? Where is Brooklyn at? In a bad spot with the Nets. Exotic Burgers are back. Elk Burgers, Ostrich Burgers, Bison Burgers, Bear Burger Kitchen and Bar, 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. Monday to Friday. They have a lunch special, 14 
all served with fries. Good fries, too. Nice little seasoning they put on it. Click the link in our description to find yourself at your favorite new happy hour spot, Burger Joint and Luncheon, Bear Burger Kitchen and Bar. Thanks for sponsoring the PPPs. So this is going out on Wednesday, August 17th. Yeah. I just scheduled a quote tweet Great. of Darius Slayton's best bear. Best Burger in Manhattan, drop him, and I said, check out Burr Burger. So that's scheduled. Burr Burger. All right, let's talk about Dexter Lawrence, though. Another guy from the 2019 draft class. He's six foot four, 342 pounds, 24-year-old first-round pick out of Clemson, heading into year four, and he had his fifth-year option picked up under, unlike uh, DeAndre Baker and Daniel Jones. $10.7 million contract was picked up. Beginning of March, we talked about, do you pick up Dexter Lawrence's con- uh, option? I said no. Then I saw the free agent market then for the defensive tackles Austin Johnson got, yeah. and B.J. Hill and other guys, and I said, <laughs> and then I thought it was an easy choice to pick it up. Stat-wise, the last three years, he uh, and last year, fifty-four tackles, two and a half sacks, five tackles for a loss. Uh, 2020, 53 tackles, four sacks, six tackles for a loss. Very similar in the nineteen, where he didn't get as much playing time. Thirty-eight tackles, two and a half sacks, three tackles for a loss. Justin, I, I want to talk about the ins and outs of Dexter Lawrence because he is a, like it, there does rely some nuance to him. But I think a way to describe Dexter Lawrence is someone who's a good player, but he needs to be better at finishing. And I have the numbers to back it up because you're going to see it like, oh, he's good, 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 good in this, this these categories. But then the actual category of like sacks or tackles for loss, he's low in those. So yeah. I think that's a good way to talk about Dexter Lawrence and for him to yeah. be to, for him to fulfill his draft slot that's he needs to be a finisher yeah fulfilling the draft slot for sure but just or even his potential though yeah to yeah. fulfill his potential not even just a going by like oh this guy was drafted here this is what he, but like the the potential that is there with Dexter Lawrence that's what he needs to be yeah my, my brain is a little bit different where at this point I want Dexter Lawrence to return to the player that he was in 2020 where NFL national people were clipping up Dexter Lawrence plays and being like, look at how good this guy is. Because that was not there in 2021. That's what I... I want him to return to that kind of player. I'm not... like I think in a defense that is going to be Wink Martindale's defense, there's going to be quarterbacks that are getting rid of the ball very quickly. And I don't know if Dexter Lawrence, at least in the pass rushing categories, tackle for loss is a different story. I don't know if Dexter Lawrence is going to have the time to get his hands on the quarterback to even finish plays. But he should have more than two and a half sacks. Sure. So let's talk about him in the run game, though, first, since you know he, he's more of a run player than a pass, pass rusher. He's been a good player, eating double teams, shedding blocks. But again, this is where I want him to become more of a finisher than just sacks. Tackles yes, for a loss. Absolutely. Tackles for a loss and run stops. Like he needs to be a more difference maker to fulfill his potential. You know, and also not just win reps. I think he needs to dominate reps instead of just winning them. Because there's De- Dexter Lawrence wins a lot of reps. There's not a ton of dominant re- reps from Dexter Lawrence. You know, and I actually think moving him to nose tackle a little more will help him pop a little bit because he's going against centers you know uh you know less ta- double teams versus tackles you know now you got center and guard double teams where he he's going to win the athletic battle with those guys a lot of times and he obviously has the strength too you know and then like stat wise you know 13th and t- uh, 13th and tackles you know uh but 24th and run stop percentage and then 38th and tackles for a loss for defensive tackles that's behind Leonard Williams that's understandable. Austin Johnson and B.J. Hill. Like mm-hmm. on, on a roster that he was on, four of those guys had more tackles for a loss than him this past year. So that's where, when I say about finishing, yeah, is he going to guy who's going to get six and a half? Like, is he going to have a Leonard Williams like type pass rush production? No, never ever will he have that. 
Never ever will he be the guy that finishes like that. Like more than two and a half, but he'll never be that guy. But he can't be a five six three tackle for a lost guy. He needs ten plus. For him to be the player that wow. we bring back long term, needs to be ten plus tackles for a loss to be to fulfill his potential. So where did Dexter Lawrence fit on the defense last year that was the worst against the run in two thousand twenty one? Like was it in spite of Dexter Lawrence that it was bad. Like, do, do you understand that question when I asked that? Yeah. Well, one, like I said, he needs to dominate reps instead of just win them mm-hmm. because you can win a rep and, you know, a guy's going on the other gap. Now, teams did get a lot of their damage on outside the tackle runs. There's nothing Dexter Lawrence can do. Yeah, Blake, that. when you lose Blake, yeah. But just but just, just deck specific, he needs to dominate reps. Yeah. You know, again, not win reps, dominate reps. You know, you mentioned we were talking about Kayvon with the – Oh, you know, this amount of, you know, won this rep or this sack in this amount of seconds. So I'm not talking about sacks, but you know what? Let's not have wins in the one and a half to two and a half seconds. Let's have, hey, I just won this block initially. Yeah. And we're clipping this up on on Monday night, going through all 22. I mean, like, look, shed this block totally in the hole, either for a tackle for a loss by him or it's forcing a tackle for a loss for somebody else. Those are the type of plays I need out of Dexter Lawrence in the run game. Yeah. No, I agree. I I I, fl- I flat out agree with you. Especially, we're, we're going to go from three tackles for loss his rookie year, six tackles for loss uh, in, in 2020, and then five tackles for loss this year. That would be quite a big jump to get to ten. But it he has that athletic potential, you know, and he's been a, he's been a good player in his career. But for him to take the step forward, that's the type of guy he has to be. And especially, we're going to talk about his pass rush ability because. Like I said, I want more than two and a half sacks, but I'm not expecting six, seven sacks out of, out of Dexter Lawrence. Right. You know, I would like, you know, four, you know, three to five, I guess, uh, every, every year. You know, like let's let's let three sacks be a down year for Dexter Lawrence. Yeah. Um, and again, I'm not getting hung up on sacks, but um, but with the way that he's like, he's never going to be one of those best pass rushing defensive tackles in the NFL. He needs to be like a do- more dominant in the run yeah. game. Not a, not a really good run defender, but a dominant run defender. No, and how I view Dexter Lawrence's season, I think a lot of it will have to do with uh, where the Giants' run defense stacks up this year. Because Wink Martindale's defense, yeah, they, they've been susceptible to allowing some big plays, but that's not really Dexter Lawrence's department. Dexter Lawrence's department is, are you going to stop the run? Wink Martindale's defense, despite being bad in some categories, they've always been good, always been good in stopping the run. So I'm hoping that stays consistent and Dexter Lawrence is a huge part of it. Definitely. Let's talk about him as a pass rusher. Um, this is what I'll say. He has a good pass rush ability, pushes the pocket back and wins reps, but he doesn't close on the QB. And th- and that's something that I'm not expecting to get better with Dexter Lawrence at 350 pounds. Yeah. Like he's never going to be a guy that just totally closes in on the QB. Um but he, what can he can do is not just have good pass rush ability and ability to win and push the pocket back, but have quicker initial wins, one. But also, I think having an edge presence and Wink Martindale is going to make us appreciate Dex in the pass rush game a little more mm-hmm. because our edge presence the last two years is like it doesn't matter if you push the pocket no. back. The edges aren't being pushed no in and quarterbacks feel comfortable. You know, and then you don't have to like Leonard Williams has been like the main pass rusher, uh, essentially. So. That's what he is. But like and again, I think this tells the story on him. For defensive tackles, he was fifteenth in pass rush win rate, seventeenth in pressure percentage, tenth in hits, by the way. Yeah. But thirty second in sacks. That yeah. tells the story of Dexter Lawrence as a pass rusher. Yeah. Uh QB hits uh, as his career has gone on through his first three years, nine, ten, eleven. 
uh, pressures, according to Pro Football Reference, as his career has gone on his first three years. 15, 16, 17. So I have your projection right here. He's going to have 12 QB hits, and he's going to have 18 pressures. There you go. Yeah. And again, that's why people are like, oh, well, he's a two-down player. It's like, no, he's not. He's never going to be a sack getter. This was his best pass rushing year on a down-in, down-out basis this past year than any other year for Dexter Lawrence. Yeah, but I, I want him to finish you know, to set. Yeah, one. I don't even need him to finish a ton in the pass game. You know, I'm more talking about the run, run game, game with yeah. that. But with a better edge presence, I do think there will be some better appreciation of Dexter Lawrence as a pass rusher. Like he's never going to be thought of as like a pass rushing defense tackle in the NFL because he's not. You know, like because because to be thought of that, you have to get sacks. And Dexter Lawrence is never going to be a guy that gets a ton of sacks. Um, but I think. You know, 15th and pass rush win rate, 17th of pressure percentage, 10th and hits. Those are all good numbers. You could bump those up a little bit and be like, hey, those are awesome numbers. And don't worry about him not getting sacks. He's he's winning his reps as a pass rusher. Um, you know, so like I, I despise I despise when people call Dexter Lawrence a two-down player because he's not a two-down player. I'm going to look up B.J. Hill's contract right now. 10 mil a year. 10 mil a year? That's what he's making this year. You would think Dex is going to get more. Yes. There's part of me... That just says, man, do you give the resources out to two interior defensive linemen for a couple years running? Or do you just rely on, hey, the Giants as a franchise just have great luck. Uh, they, you know, detackle you. That's what our buddy Nikki Snacks calls uh, the Giants. And then Joe Shane, you know, they even have a pretty solid track record, I think, of drafting those interior defensive linemen, too. So. Where, where where is your brain on extension? The Bills, you know, they 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 the idea that you don't draft. I would, I would look to get something done sooner than later with Dex instead of getting this to a contract and getting because on the open market he's going to get good money. He's going to get you, good money. You mentioned it. I would use this fifth year option as a way like let's let's get this done sooner rather than later because I think the longer you wait on Dexter Lawrence, the more money he's going to cost. Yeah. You know, and you mentioned Leonard Williams, but you know his. You know, Dexter Lawrence won't be on a contract here until Leonard Williams' contract is not only available to be moved off from, but just ended. Like, Leonard Williams' contract will be totally off the books by time. Yeah, he's going to be extended, Bobby. Okay, but again, that don't let that stop you from Dexter Lawrence. So, yeah. you, you got anything else on Dex? No, no. And honestly, just here, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll leave it off on this. I don't know where my brain is at yet. Uh, for me, it will be a determination on how he plays this year. Because honestly, if it's the same throughout his career like if it's not if we're not creeping up the double digit tackle for loss and we're still under four sacks my brain's at kind of just draft another interior defensive lineman as i feel like there's every year we talk about this this mid this mid-round mid-draft interior defensive lineman that's available that can maybe do what he does here's the thing with the new york giants we have not been able to keep any of our homegrown guys let's keep a guy who's been good yeah Okay, we're yeah. not, you know, we're in, we're going to be in healthy cap space. I I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to just look at like oh, just defensive tackles. Like let let's get let's keep one guy that's been a homegrown player. Yeah. Just because just because this this team is uh, devoid of talent, that Dexter Lawrence not being amazing has made him disappointing in some people's eyes. Let's not move off of him. So, All right, let's move off of this episode though. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Uh, so we appreciate you guys. Until then, let's go big blue. <laughs>